Hello and welcome to this episode of Understanding Macbeth. My name is Gemma Nemeth and in this podcast we go through some of the key scenes from the play, translating the language, identifying literary techniques and useful quotes and analysing the characters, structure and themes of the play in order to help you prepare for your exams. If you want to access additional episodes and other exclusive content, you can find more information about the full online Macbeth course at www.advanceacademic.co.uk forward slash Macbeth hyphen course. And if you listen until the end of today's episode, you will get a discount code for 20% off. Now let's get started with today's episode. Act 5, Scene 2. We start to get very quick scenes now, starting with Act 5, Scene 2. This helps keep an exciting pace for the audience as we draw nearer to the final battle. In this scene, the Scottish nobles are discussing Macbeth and their plans for the final battle. Part of the importance of this scene is for the audience to hear the opinions of Macbeth that the other characters have by this stage in the play. The scene starts with a new character, one of the Scottish noblemen, Menteith, talking about Malcolm and Macduff leading the English forces. He says, Revenges burn in them, for their dear causes would to the bleeding and the grim alarm excite the mortified man. What he means here is that Malcolm and Macduff are both spurred on by their desire for revenge. Malcolm wants revenge for the death of Duncan, and Macduff wants revenge for his wife and children. He says that the desire for revenge burns so strongly in them that it would be enough to excite the mortified man. So excite in this sense means to rouse to action, and mortified here means half dead or just dead. So their desire for revenge would be strong enough to rouse the dead or nearly dead and cause them to fight in battle. So this is definitely an example of hyperbole because it's an exaggeration that we can't take literally. It's not literally true that their desire could wake the dead. So here we're getting the importance of revenge for these characters. It is their desire for revenge that is motivating them to attack Macbeth. Revenge is such a common theme in drama in the Elizabethan and Jacobean times that it even has its own genre, revenge tragedy. So there's a bit of literary context for you there. And part of the reason revenge is such an interesting topic at this time is because there's a clash between the leftover medieval ideas about honour, which suggest that you should seek revenge and it's honourable to do so, and the Christian teachings that you should not seek revenge, you should not kill because only God can take a life, and instead you should turn the other cheek. So you should accept the wrongs done against you without seeking revenge for them. Menteith's words seem to glorify revenge, so it seems that revenge in the play is seen as honourable rather than sinful. So, if you are examining ideas about honour in the play and what it means to be honourable, seeking revenge and being violent and committing murder aren't necessarily portrayed by Shakespeare as being dishonourable, in all cases. Menteith knows that Macduff is seeking revenge, but still refers to him using the epithet Good Macduff, so we know that he is not in any way disapproving. Menteith then asks what the update is on what Macbeth is up to. Caithness replies that he is preparing his castle for battle, and then talks about the attitudes of people in Scotland towards Macbeth. Some say he's mad. Others that lesser hate him do call it valiant fury. Notice the phrasing there. The divide isn't between people who hate him and people who don't. It's between the people who hate Macbeth and people who hate him slightly less. 
So those that really hate him say he's mad, and those that hate him slightly less say that it's brave anger. So the important takeaway there is that everybody hates Macbeth now. He has no loyal supporters among his people anymore. It's important to note the use of the word valiant as well here, because it serves as a reminder of Macbeth's character arc. At the beginning of the play, Macbeth was highly praised by the other characters for his bravery. But now the word valiant is being coupled with fury, and Caithness is talking about how much the people hate Macbeth. So although Macbeth still has that heroic courage, he is no longer respected by his people because of the way that he is misusing his power. Caithness also says that he cannot buckle his distempered cause within the belt of rule. So we've got a metaphor here carrying on the imagery strand and symbolism of clothing that we've had throughout the, the play, this idea of things not fitting properly. And what he's trying to say is that Macbeth is now out of control. His own emotions, his people, he can't control any of it anymore. The words buckle and belt both have connotations of restriction, which highlights the tyrannical and oppressive nature of Macbeth's rule. Next we hear from Angus, and here notice that Shakespeare uses anaphora, which is when a word or phrase is repeated at the beginning of more than one clause, or in this case at the beginning of more than one line. The word in this case is now. He says, now does he feel his secret murders sticking on his hands. So this is reminiscent of the scene we have just witnessed with Lady Macbeth trying and failing to wash the imaginary blood from her hands. Now minutely revolts upbraid his faith breach. So every minute there are new revolts against him. Again, this is hyperbolic. And then in the final now, we have the clothing symbolism again. Now does he feel his title hang loose about him like a giant's robe upon a dwarfish thief. So we've got this idea again that Macbeth's title of king, it's like a piece of clothing that doesn't fit him properly because it's not rightly his. We, have, we actually have a similar saying today that we use when we say that someone has big shoes to fill. It means they've got a lot to live up to because the person who came before them was so great. This is the same kind of thing that Angus is getting at when he talks about the giant's robe and the dwarfish thief. Duncan was the great king, the giant who Macbeth has tried to emulate, but he can't do it. He can't live up to Duncan's greatness. Instead, he is just a dwarf in comparison. And everyone can see that Duncan's robes, metaphorically, his title of king, just doesn't fit Macbeth. Angus's words highlight to the audience that Macbeth is becoming increasingly isolated. We've seen already that he has murdered his friend, pulled away from his wife, and is now losing her to madness. And now all of his people have turned against him too. Angus says, those he commands move only in command, nothing in love. So his people only follow his orders because they feel they have to, not because they have any love for him or feel any loyalty towards him. So this would be a useful section to look at for the theme of loyalty, because Angus is saying that no one is truly loyal to Macbeth now. People were loyal to Duncan because they loved and respected him, but no one feels that way about Macbeth. They only follow his orders out of fear. This increasing isolation is preparing the audience for Macbeth's final downfall. Gradually, all his supporters, all his defences are being lost, and he is being left more and more vulnerable. At the end of the scene, Lennox is talking about how they are going into battle so that their blood can, metaphorically, dew the sovereign flower and drown the weeds. 
So here the sovereign flower is the true king, Malcolm, and the weeds are Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. So Lennox is saying that their blood will be like the water that you use to water plants. It will make the sovereign flower grow, it will make it stronger, it will put Malcolm on the throne, and it will drown the weeds or kill Macbeth and Lady Macbeth. Thank you for listening to Understanding Macbeth. I hope this was helpful for you in deepening your understanding of the play and getting you ready for your exams. If you want to access additional episodes and other exclusive content, you can find more information about the full online Macbeth course at www.advanceacademic.co.uk forward slash Macbeth hyphen course. And as a podcast listener, you can get 20% off any of the course packages by quoting the code MacbethPod. That's M-A-C-B-E-T-H-P-O-D. You can also reach out to me there about private tuition, revision support, and my practice paper marking service. Until next time, goodbye and happy studying.